Cricket Love Stories with me, Neil Kagram. Today we're joined by cricket psychologist Adrian McKinman again. This is episode four of four in this series we're doing. This is all about goals. Previously, episode one, we've talked about confidence, episode two, fear, and episode three, mental toughness. So it's all going to be in the playlist. Make sure you check them all out. This is episode four, goals. So Adrian, is goal setting directly linked to motivation? Motivation. Um, that's an interesting question. I mean, motivation is a problematic term. Um, everybody knows what they think motivation is. So if we walk down the street, you'll hear people talking about it. And if you and me were listening to them, we would know what they're talking about. But in the science world, in the psychology world, Motivation is a word that's quite problematic because it really comes down to what is motivation and it's it, it's so vague it's almost impossible to put a definition to it. So I, I'll stay away from that word but what I will say is that goal setting is really powerful, it's really effective, it can be used on just about any task by just about anybody in any culture. It really, really does work. And then it's interesting you said that, for example, there's a, there's a very famous example um, that I'd like to give uh, in a scenario that happened, Kevin Peterson. So everyone knows about Kevin Peterson's story, originally uh, playing in South, he's originally South Africa and playing South Africa. And there's a story, he was playing for Natal against England in a warm-up match. And he was, he was actually batting number eight and bowling his offspin. And he comes into the dressing room after demanding to uh, speak to the England skipper, who was Nasser Hussein at the time, saying that he wanted he wants Nasser to help him come over to England and play in England. And not only just play club cricket, not only he just wanted to get into county cricket with the eventual goal to play international cricket. So what would you say that was if it wasn't like motivation? <laughs> um, well, I, firstly, I admire his um, enthusiasm and I, I, there's no two ways about it. You, you get nowhere in life unless you put your foot forward. And I have had so many people say to me, ah, oh, you're going about trying to get him with this team in the wrong way and you're, trying, you, you're doing the wrong thing to get him with us and blah, blah, blah. But as a franchise coach in Zimbabwe once said to me, buddy, unless you put your foot forward, you get nowhere. So I'd commend him for what he's doing. I mean, I just stay away from the word. Okay, here we go. I, if you were a cricketer and you wanted to train with me, one of the things we would do is we'd sit down and we'd find out what are your goals? What do you want to achieve? We, what are your dreams? What are your visions? And once we worked that out, then I'd ask you, have you worked with a psychologist before? What do you think a psychologist can do? What do you think I will be able to do? And once we've got all that out, We'll work out a strategy to achieve what you want and usually I give you all of or part of a 66 session mental skills training program. It is massively comprehensive. There's 14,258 PowerPoint slides. I mean it is comprehensive as all can be. There's 66 sessions and not one of them focuses on motivation. Not one of them even spends more than two or three times you ever mention the word because it's not something that most applied psychologists really focus on we focus on things that increase performance and if it increases this thing that people have in their head of motivation so much the better but it's not something that you know, not many coaches really care about if their player is motivated what they care about is performance and so something like goal setting 
really improves performance. So we focus on the goal setting and the performance. Make sense? Yeah. And then, so then kind of branching off on that then, so you know, you hear a lot of, not only cricket, but in different sports as well, boxing, you know, elite sportsmen and women talk about sacrifices, making it to the top. And you have to be tunnel vision to make it to the top with the end goal to become professional. And look, you hear, you hear that banded around a lot. What would you say about that? Well, if I remember correctly, it's probably about 9.30 at night where you are. And one of the sessions, if I remember correctly, I think we did it on a weekend, on a Saturday. Um, were you sacrificing your life to do your career and your heart and your passion? You, you, you mentioned, it, it's sort of like, you're talking about tunnel vision and you're talking about um, sacrifice, if you like. Um, you, what you're suggesting really reminds me of a conversation I had with a franchise cricketer in South Africa. He had done a few sessions with a local psychologist who, who said something along the lines of, you know, if you really want to be get into the pro tiers and you want to play really well and be one of the best players ever for them, you can't have a girlfriend and you can't have a wife. Now, if you think about in the Western world, all the cricketers, they have girlfriends or many girlfriends and they have wives. And so I don't know why he was being singled out. But regardless, what it's a really interesting question. To what extent do you have to be unidimensional? is basically what this, this uh, psychologist was tapping into. On the one hand, if you want to be really, really, really successful at anything, you have to put in a lot of time, effort, energy, motivation, if you want to call it that, or uh, emotion, etc. If you want to have a more rounded life, cool. But you're probably not going to be as successful as the person who's a little bit more unidirectional. I've talked to some of the guys in the Proteas, and there's one in particular who I, who I remember who said, you know, he doesn't want to be unidirectional. He doesn't want to be unidimensional. He wants to have a couple of aspects in his life. So it's different horses, different courses. But the, the reality is if you want to get really, really good at something, be it a journalist, be it a cricket psychologist, be it a cricketer, be it a coach, whatever, you have to put in the time and the effort and all the rest of it. And there's no getting around that. Now, does that mean you become tunnel visioned? Well, maybe a little, but it's probably a good thing. The other part you're talking about is sacrifice. By doing that, by putting in the effort, the energy, the motivation, the, the emotion, etc., are you sacrificing? Were you sacrificing by not going out and having a drink, but instead talking to me on the weekend? Ronaldo, he doesn't drink alcohol. Pele, one of the best footballers of all time in his day, never touched alcohol. Were they sacrificing? Well, I'm sure if you talk to Ronaldo, he, I've never talked to him, but I'm sure he would say, no, I'm not. I have worked out what I want. I'm going for it. And I'm doing the things I need to do to make it happen. And other things I can't do. One of the, the things I love doing with cricketers is I ask them, write down, you've got 10 seconds, write down your number one cricket goal. So off they go and they write their goal. Then I ask them, do you want to play for your country? And if they are already playing for their country, then I'd say something like, do you want to play 200 games? And they all say, yes, 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 yes. I want to play for my country. I want to play 200 games. And then I ask them, do you smoke? Have you ever got drunk? Do you have a stretching routine that you do most days of the week? Do you run at least, say, 30 minutes times four days a week or more? And most importantly, do you do all the things you need to do to achieve your cricket goal that you wrote down only 30 seconds ago. 
and you look at their faces and they're all looking down because they all want to play for their country. They all want to play 200 games. They all want to be the superstar, but they are doing a lot of behaviors that are not conducive to getting that goal. There are not that many Ronaldos of this world. There are not that many people who are so willing to do everything it takes to be at the pinnacle. And that's why Ronaldo is Ronaldo, etc. Because at the end of the day, most cricketers want to have a life. They want to have sex. They want to have a girlfriend. They want to do this. They want to do that. And, and part of cricket has always been traditionally, there's been an alcohol aspect to it as well. And, you know, because cricket's a little bit different. You, you think of how many obese or at least over fat cricketers have we had at the international level have done well. So cricket is taking a little longer to become a little bit more professional like some of the other sports in the unidirectional way. And so I think it comes down to one thing. You have to decide what is it you really want and then how professional you're willing to be. I'll say that again. You have to work out what is it you really want and how professional are you willing to be to get it? And then cricket is a unique sport in the sense of it is a team sport, but the individual skills and disciplines that you perform, it's very, very individual based. So I'm trying to say. So how easy is it to adapt one's personal goals against the overall team's needs? You know, you hear a lot about a batsman. They talk about, you know, say if they're saving a game, but their natural instinct is uh, is to attack, and that whole that whole position of kind of just you know reining themselves back in, or take, you know being a certain uh, you know, aggressive bowler that's been asked to kind of just contain. How how difficult is that? Well, you make it sound extremely difficult. It, it sounds rather tricky, but the reality is probably not as tricky as you make out. I mean, I, I ask a question because sometimes, you know, you do see like a batsman just play. People say oh, that's a daft shot. But then, you know, you hear them in an interview after I was just playing my natural game. But really, you see the fans in the stands saying, look, you should have been batting out for a draw. So it's that kind of, you see, asking in effect, two questions there, I think. Um, let's take the first one. The, the first one is team goals and individual goals can predominantly go hand in hand. They may not sound like they do, but they could. Let me give you an example. So let's say that at the start of a season, a cricketer sat, sits down, writes out his goals, and one of them will be, I want to have a really good strike rate of whatever. Now he's playing a test match. It comes to the fourth day in the morning, and he has to go out to bat, and they're, they're down maybe four wickets already. He has to stay all of day four and all of day five just to draw the match and they know well ahead of time they're not going to win because there's so many runs behind you might say to yourself well uh, those aren't really going to work how can i have a really good strike rate if i have to be there for two whole days i can't take risky shots etc etc so you might think well ah, they those two goals don't work but in actual fact they probably do the reality is if he stays in all two days Firstly, his average will go up because he didn't get out. And in terms of his strike rate, well, he is more likely to play the next game because he did the right thing for, for, for the team. 
He did. He, he didn't throw his wicket away. He didn't keep his strike rate so brilliant. And instead, he worked for the team. I mean, the reality is, cricket is a team sport. We're not talking about track and field. We're not talking about kung fu. We're not, we're not talking about billiards. We're talking about a team sport. So within reason, the team must come number one. And let's be honest, the kind of people who are attracted to cricket are a little bit more social than some of the more individualistic sports. So it's not as if it's really as such a big problem for them because they tend to be a bit more socially orientated than, as I say, the individual sports. So that was the first part. Now, the, the second part, you're going to have to remind me. I, I forgot a little bit what you're saying, and then I'll answer it for you. No, I was going to say, sometimes you, you, you see it on the TV that, you know, a batsman plays a silly shot, and then everyone's saying, you know, you're meant to be, should be reining yourself in. And, but, but, okay. Yeah. I see that as something different. I don't see that as part of the, the, the fight between team, team and uh, individual goals. I see that as basically clarity of thought, as Ver Coley would talk about, etc. That when they play daft shots, on the one hand, it might be they were playing a really good shot, it just didn't come off. You know, you, you've got to give them some credit that sometimes you've got to take a little bit of a risk and it doesn't always work. But half the time, it's just because they frankly weren't thinking properly. Maybe they premeditated a shot. For instance, I don't know if you watched last night, they had um, the West Indies woman playing the English woman. And somebody did a reverse sweep on the first ball of, a, of an over, and it was brilliant. But then an, either the same batter or somebody else, I can't remember who the batter was, did it to another bowler and was bowled out. And so same action caused totally different responses. And so our interpretation of it will be different. But the reality is, a lot of the time, athletes don't think as sensibly as they should. Why? because they haven't been trained to think effectively by a mental skills expert. Is there a proven correlation between goal setting and specific practicing to get better? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it doesn't matter what you talk about. Goal setting, goal, set, goal setting is one of the most effective ways to change behavior very quickly. And one of my favorite studies was done in 2002. It was only with five people. They went to the US, they got five US collegiate linebackers playing American football. And what they got them to do was write down their goals and importantly, put them where other people could see them. And the other people were teammates and the coach. And here's the cool thing, immediate. There was an immediate improvement in playing and sorry, in training and immediate improvement in playing in the matches. And it was things like tackling went up immediately. That was a really cool thing. Now, the, the nice thing about this is we're not saying that you need to actually, as a result, do more. We're saying do smart, especially with cricket. You know, if you're if you're in an endurance sport or in martial arts or whatever, some people just like me, they just love training or work train five hours a day every day and not think anything of it, even at a really high intense level. Cricketers are not quite like that. And a good thing for them to do is to train smart and not necessarily long and hard. And goal setting will help with that. If you set really good goals, as a result, you're more likely to train smart and not necessarily longer, etc. So would the advice 
uh, that you would give, for example, to even like club players, young professionals, or when you're going into a net, think about specifics you do want to work on as opposed to just kind of going through the motions during a session. So for example, working on an outswinger, um, you know, working on a mystery ball. Is that the kind of stuff you're saying? Oh, absolutely. I mean, most coaches at even a fairly young, with, with young players, will tell them, don't just go into the net and have fun. Imagine a field as the bowler comes in, you, you've got your mid on, your mid off, or whatever, and you play accordingly. And then you can change the field in your mind and then you can play accordingly. So absolutely, at a very young age, you tend to have coaches trying to train players so that they have a purpose. Every goal, every, every session in the nets, every session on the field, every session in the gym should have a purpose. It doesn't need to be a huge long list of things to do, etc. but there needs to be purpose for what we're doing. And as I said before, and I'll say it again, it doesn't necessarily need to be long. Long and hard isn't necessarily the most effective way for success. I'll give you an example. Um, there was an international cricketer I watched in South Africa. It was a female. And yeah, to be honest, she's a little bit difficult. She went in the nets, she did her training, and then she decided, I've done enough, I've hit enough balls, I'm leaving. She get, walks out the nets, and everybody's looking at her, and the coach is looking at her, and frankly, the coach got quite um, you know, annoyed, to say the least. And what she was doing was disrespectful to the coach and disrespectful to the team. However, you have to ask yourself, if she had stuck around and hit more balls, would she have performed better the next day in the match? And quite possibly no. Instead, what she might have done was end up increasing the chances of getting injured, the chance of getting dismotivated, the chances of um, uh, getting tired and therefore not performing as well the next day. So it's important, especially with cricketers who are not elite endurance athletes, etc. They don't dig the, the fitness element as much. It's important to train smart with cricketers. Well, Adrian, fascinating. As always, that brings us to the end of session four. Remember, guys, this is four of four. Everything's going to be in the playlist. Um, Adrian, you know, you've got your phenomenalperformances.com website. So if anyone wants to check out your, your work, that's probably the best place, place to check it out. Um, and if there's any questions or topics that you would like, Adrian and I to possibly discuss in the future, please do drop it in the comments below. But got to end it by saying thank you, Adrian. It's been brilliant and look forward to speaking to you soon again.